Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. In today's segment, I want to talk about arguments for miracles. Arguments for miracles. Like many Christians, I am excited when I read stories about how God supernaturally interceded on behalf of humanity to perform signs and wonders or what we call miracles in order to get his uh, uh, objective through, in order to get his plan to where it needs to get to. So as God, as him being omnipotent, he has the right, he has the privilege, he has the propensity to do whatever he desires to do without necessarily violating the laws of nature. So God can intercede uh, and interrupt the laws of nature without having to violate it. If the same God who created the universe, the same God who created the solar system, if, if God created this earth, then certainly he can intercede and interrupt the regular repetitive laws of nature in order to get his accomplishments through. So when I think about the story of Moses walking the children of Israel through the Red Sea, when I think about God using Joshua and, and parting the, uh, the Jordan River so his children can have a safe passage on dry land, when, when I think about these type of stories, it excites me. It lets me know that whatever I'm going through, God still has power. If he has power to perform those type of miracles, whatever I'm going through is insignificant compared to his illustration of what he can do in the natural realm. And certainly he can do whatever he wants to do in the spiritual realm. So we are covered both in a natural and in the spiritual. So again, as a Christian through faith, I wasn't there to witness manna falling from the sky. I, I wasn't there to witness uh, some of the supernatural events that, well, all of the supernatural events that the Bible talks about. I, I wasn't there to witness those things, but through faith, I believe it. But then the reality is we have people sitting in our churches. We have people worshiping with us. We have people that break bread with us at communion. And these same people are skeptical about some of the miraculous events that the Bible documents. They're not going to articulate it for fear of being ostracized or embarrassed. But we have people in the church that have been exposed to contrary belief systems in terms of miracles, in terms of the supernatural, they have been taught by other skeptics that miracles are fairy tales, that miracles are only metaphorical and not to be taken literally. Some of these people inside as well as outside the church have 
skepticism concerning miraculous accounts, concerning signs, uh, signs and wonders that we as Christians have historically embraced. And so my episode today wants to deal with the arguments for miracles uh, because it was put on my heart to share this and to embolden all Christians that hear this uh, radio show to not be afraid to articulate what the Bible has recorded as fact. So what the Bible affirms as true is true. What the Bible affirm as not true is not true. So as Christians, again, we walk by faith, not by sight, but there is a way to articulate what the Bible has told us to articulate. And there is a way to then admit when something is a mystery, meaning that it's knowledge that belongs to God alone. And we're not privy to those things like uh, the Trinity in terms of the relationship between the Godhead. We don't fully understand how that works, but we can articulate what it is. So again, this message hopefully emboldens you to go out and to preach the gospel and to not be ashamed to report and to talk about the miraculous events that the Bible details. Some of the miracles that really excites me when we look at the New Testament. Uh, for example, when the two blind men were cured in Matthew chapter 9. And in the same chapter, in the same discourse, the, the dumb spirit was cast out. And then in Mark chapter 7, 31 through 37, we find the deaf and the dumb man cured. Now, if that was today's society, people would be setting up videotapes and audio recorders trying to uh, follow Jesus and trying to start a reality show of some kind. They, they would want him to uh, repeat these miracles so they can be in awe and entertain and not necessarily uh, have the right spirit in terms of accepting him as the Messiah, as the Kyrios, as the anointed one. Many people are fascinated by miracles, signs and wonders, but they're not ready to surrender to the message of the miracles. Every miracle has significance and miracles are signposts to a greater message. They're not there for you to treat as entertainment. Miracles have a function and that function serves as a signpost as a sign to the greater message that God is trying to show his people or trying to teach his people. Then as we look further into the new Testament, we find a narrative in Luke chapter seven, where the widow's son is raised to life at Nain. Then a woman's infirm cured Luke 13. Then as drops secured Luke 14. And again, Jesus perform these miracles without having to go through any type of Jerusalem uh, drug administration. Uh, Jesus didn't have to uh, create a lab. Jesus says instantaneously because of him being the son of God, because of him being God, the son, not equal, not, not lesser than the father, not greater than the father, but equal to the father. Jesus, him being God, essentially, ontologically is able to cure on the spot. Then we find 
an occurrence or a narrative dealing with his early ministry where water was made to wine at Cana. John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. Then the nobleman's son is cured of fever. John chapter 4 verses 46 through 54. Then an impotent man cured at Jerusalem. John chapter 5 verses 1 through 9. Then as he's, pa uh, uh, as he's passing through, Jesus uh, visits and heals Lazarus and raises him from the dead at Bethany, which is a preview of what Jesus would do ultimately as John reports in chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, when he says, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise myself up. And then the Syrophoenician's daughter is cured, Matthew 15, verse 28, which is again found the same story in uh, Mark 7, 24. Then Jesus feeds the 4,000, Matthew 15, 32. And then he uh, uh, it, with a centurion's palsy servant, Jesus cured uh, that individual as well, Matthew 8 and 5. So we can go on and on in terms of the evidence of miracles or the supernatural in the Bible. There's plenty of them. Uh, and, and if you ever have time, I encourage you to uh, uh, go through these narratives to these stories and uh, see it for yourself. But remember, miracles are not performed for us to be entertained. Miracles were done as a signpost for something greater that God was doing. So let's look at what a miracle is uh, versus what miracles are not. The term miracle or supernatural uh, is often understood today uh, a, a society or misunderstood rather and and in a world that's filled with so much skepticism so much naturalist thinking and so much materialistic thinking uh, miracles are rarely discussed um, in the doctor's office on college campuses in elementary schools in middle school high school and I hate to say even some preschool we have Individuals, we have teachers, we, we have doctors, we have scientists who are naturalists by their worldview, who are uh, atheists, who, who are humanists, and they believe that miracles do not happen. And we'll get into that argument a little bit later. They, they, they sincerely believe uh, that miracles could not have existed and miracles don't happen. So we as Christians must train our young people. We as Christians that may know some adults who are skeptical, we must be able to articulate from a Bible based perspective as the Holy Spirit leads us to share with these people effectively. So this is just uh, for your edification to learn more about miracles and its significance. So these skeptics argue that if an event cannot be replicated, meaning that if it doesn't happen over and over and over again, then it's either not true or was just a mere anomaly. And this is just a fancy word in science for something happening. We don't know what it is. However, this line of thinking is certainly inconsistent with Christian theology. 
Our, our Christian view, our Christ, Christian belief system is built on the presupposition that miracles do exist. It has existed. It exists now and it will continue to exist as long as we have a God who's not restricted by time or space and who has all power. As long as God is in the picture, miracles are possible. So in order to better prove the existence of miracles, it's necessary that we define what it is. So for our purposes, we want to define a miracle or supernatural singular uh, as a, a supernatural singular event. Once again. We want to define a miracle as a supernatural singular event. This doesn't mean that a miracle is anti-natural. As I said previously, we're not saying that miracles go against nature. Natural laws follow a pattern of regularities. Natural laws follow a pattern of regularities. So, for example, uh, gravity. Gravity is, is regular. Uh, we... You, Gravity uh, affects everybody and everything. And each day scientists can wake up and they can evaluate this gravitational pull. So natural laws follow a pattern of regularities. However, a miracle is a singular occurrence. And the Bible is filled with them. So are miracles possible? The answer to that question makes sense if one presupposes again the existence of a God. So for Christians, we cannot believe in God without believing in the supernatural. Furthermore, the Bible seems to assume that if one believes in God, then it would not be then it would be illogical or not be illogical to accept supernatural uh, as acts given to us by God. So the presupposition is if God exists, then miracles are definitely possible. If God exists, then miracles are certainly possible. So what are the conditions for supernatural events? In order for a supernatural event to occur, there must be an efficient cause. There must be someone or something responsible for the supernatural event. This first cause entity has to be intelligent. This means it cannot be an inanimate object like wood or or uh, like a wall or like a tree or like a rock. Uh, uh, they don't have any intelligence. It has to be an efficient uncaused causer since something must always come from something. So in other words, uh, everything created has a creator. And since God is not created, and since God displays a Sadie, meaning that he's self-existent, he's Alpha and Omega, he's eternal, he's infinite, he doesn't have no beginning and end, uh, he doesn't fit in this category. God is the only uncaused causer uh, that this world knows. So in order for supernatural events, which we call miracles to occur, there must be a transcendent catalyst. So as a theist or Christian, this makes sense. However, for those who have an a priori bias against the supernatural, to them, this doesn't make sense. Naturalists, for example, or those who believe all truth are answered by natural laws, restrict themselves from looking at this matter objectively. They too have a bias, just as Christians have a bias. 
But the difference with us is our bias is rooted in truth. So another condition for miracles is the reception of the occasion. So what I'm saying is if God created a supernatural act, which we're calling miracles, then someone or something must be the recipient. A supernatural event that is unseen would not mean much. In order for a supernatural claim to be taken uh, legitimately, there must be a causal aspect to it. Something supernatural must have occurred to someone or to something in order for us to uh, witness it and diagnose it as a miracle. So where do supernatural events come from? Again, supernatural events can only come from an infinite and transcendent being. And we know that's God. This being is the theistic God of the universe. As I just said, he is the one who created something from nothing. If God can create the universe, then miracles are possible. The creation of the universe is the biggest miracle of all. If God can create the universe again, why can't he create? And I'm using this in the metaphorical sense. Why can't he create miracles in our lives? In, in a sense, if God can create the universe, why can't he restore marriages? If God can create the universe, why can't he provide us with the jobs that we need in order to take care for, of ourselves? If God uh, created the universe why couldn't he if he choose to heal us physically if God created the universe why can't he help us overcome some of the issues that we have in our lives and I'm saying God can the the problem is a lot of times uh, believers are not opening up themselves uh, for God to do what he needs to do God is not going to override our will. And if long as uh, we will to be disobedient, then we have to deal with God's wrath. But God is loving. God is open. God is accessible. He has all power. But we have to will to do what's right so that uh, God can always do his part. So supernatural events can occur at any time. God being sovereign chooses to interact with his creation as he sees fit. So since the beginning of, our, of time, God has utilized miracles or supernatural events in order to fulfill his plans. A miracle can occur at any time. This point is evident as we look throughout the Bible. However, it's important to note that God is the initiator. Humanity cannot dictate to an almighty God when to administer a supernatural event. You can... Uh, object to it you may not agree with that statement but God is not some sort of Las Vegas uh, magic show we we can't just turn him up put a, a, a coin in a slot and say okay God go ahead and perform your miracles God again is not performing miracles for entertainment's sake his miracles are intentional and they are designed to be a, a, a signpost they are designed to be a message in order to get our attentions concerning something else so it's very important that we understand this so again humanity can't dictate to God when to administer miracles unfortunately this is the case with many skeptics in order for them to believe in the supernatural they want God to answer, uh, answer to them by replicating 
the act or the miraculous act over and over again. If God, here's the irony, but if God did that, if he replicated those acts over and over again, then those acts or that act would cease to be a miracle. That's the whole definition of a miracle is that it is irregular. Uh, it's a it's a regular natural event. So if you if you want uh, God to replicate it over and over again, just so you can test it out, then it will cease to be a miracle. It will no longer be called a miracle. It will become a regular patterned uh, natural occurrence. And th then you can't call it a miracle anymore. So in terms of time, the Bible records supernatural events happening at various times. This point. Is supported when we read the story of Joshua, where God allowed the sun to stay up longer so Joshua could defeat the Amorites. And you'll find that in Joshua chapter 10, verses 13 through 14. God also controlled the moon in the same narrative. Just think about it. How, how, how awesome is that, that God is able to control the moon, that God uh, evidenced in scripture that he is all powerful. If God can control the moon, if God can uh, perform the miracle that he just performed with Joshua, if God uh, allowed the sun to stay up longer than it normally does, then what can't God do? This message is for somebody that's listening. There's nothing that God cannot do in terms of uh, things that's in his will that he's approved of that's not contrary to his nature so I believe in the promises of God when God tells us in Matthew chapter 6 that he takes care of the lilies of the field that he takes care of the birds that he takes care of of their needs the things of nature then why wouldn't he or why can't he take care of his own children and so I've been standing on those promises for over 23 years. God will take care of me. He will take care of my needs. Now, God never promised me that I would get all of my wants, but that's okay. He has taken care of all of my needs and he's so benevolent that he's thrown in some wants. So again, these, th this miracle or these miracles rather, they are a reminder that God is an awesome God. That God is a powerful God. And he can do whatever he wishes to do. And so some have asked concerning the nature of a supernatural act or miracles. Uh, in other words, they're asking, how can we tell if the event is a miracle or just natural laws at work? There was a time when some believed that even a solar eclipse was a miracle. They classified this occurrence as a miracle due to its rarity. And they didn't have much information on uh, these uh, these supernovas or uh, this this solar eclipse they didn't have much information on it but now we know what it is it's a solar eclipse and so on our next episode we will talk more about miracles and how we can identify what's uh, genuinely a miracle versus what a miracle is not so it's my prayer that as you go back to working at your church as you go back to serving that you remember that miracles that are recorded in the Bible actually happened. They're not fairy tales. They're not fabrications. They are works of God intended for a greater message that his kingdom agenda may progress through us. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. 
It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.